in the back of your mind, there is this little chattering demon. They call him the ego. He is really nothing more than an autopilot feature on your machine. Feel free to disengage him at any time or at any place you want. In fact, you should be disengaging him regularly, for he is the autopilot of your soul. He is the one that more or less keeps the physical body in decent shape when you are absent, when you are looking elsewhere, when you are thinking about other things, you put this ego in control. And though you may be pursuing lofty ideas with your mind while you have this ego in control, you are also identifying in many instances with what this ego decides and how this ego feels. And make no mistake, the ego has feelings. The ego is a little primitive human being living inside of you that you've set up for purely self-preservation purposes. Our minds are incredibly resourceful, and they figured out a way to let us daydream while they have a personality out there conducting its business, and that's the ego. So you can't really survive without one in this world. You need a front-facing um, uh, image to present from. But you're, the whole reason why you instituted that whole uh, autopilot system is so you could think about lofty things. But what happens is now is you think about things that are just gloomy and doomy. You think about why you're angry at this person. You think about your egoistic dreams and your egoistic revenges and your egoistic angers, it, it dwells upon those. It uses this precious mind that can think of an infinite array of beautiful things to think about ugly things and to think about things that destroy the life force that's within the body. So what you think about is like can be either poison or it can be nectar. And you think it's just like, oh, no, I'm just thinking. I can think about whatever I want. I have freedom of thought. But you really don't. Because if you think about certain things too long, it's, that's like smoking 10 cigarettes, 10,000 cigarettes. There's, there's something very poisoning about thinking about certain things. And that's why it's so important to understand, like, your, your feelings will never be good unless if you're allowing your mind to think by itself in, in bad ways, in ways that damage the body. And it's like, as much as you might think all those things you're thinking about are true and they need to be understood, and that's just, you know, okay, I have to die from thinking these things, but God damn it, I know the truth. That's a contradiction, okay? Truth and life are the same thing. So anything that kind of deviates from life should be kind of questioned. Maybe not the immediate truth that it's purporting. It may very well be purporting an immediate truth. But at what cost? At what anxiety level are you obtaining the truth? Because if you're obtaining the truth at a high anxiety doubting level... It's poisonous. 
And that's the key to understanding, like, how you ascend in this world. You can never ascend past your pay grade. It just can't happen. If you, if you ascend past your pay grade, you are in actual hell. And that is what you're seeing a lot of people who become spiritual teachers, but they don't have the equipment to sustain the power that it gives them over the ego world. The ego world is a very seductive world. If you're successful in the ego world, you can completely forget about the spiritual world. I mean, it allows you to do that. For a little while, eventually it catches up to you in horrific ways. Because you, if you live according to the ego, you will die so quickly. You will die according to what the ego even prescribes for itself. You will die a, 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 and you will get old quickly, quickly. Because the, the ego is not thinking on a holistic level. The ego is thinking on a very narrow, selfish level. That is perfectly acceptable in moments when you are actually on autopilot. But the amount of time that you're on autopilot should be very little. The amount of time that you stay in a a state of autopilot, the easier it is for you to age and go downhill. So what does that mean? Well, that means that actually, like, when you're imagining things that aren't actually going on in front of you, that you're stealing a life force away from the present body, which is keeping the present body from taking in all of its experiences as food. It's blocking that interaction because now the body is not existing in this realm, in this now. The body has time-traveled to either a distant past or an anticipated future. And in that effort, it's, it's, it just can't be done. It, 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 if you stay in that mode, you deteriorate very quickly. You cannot, you know, all this talk about diet and things like that, it's, it's very important that your attitudes stay at an even keel, that you are keeping a blissful heart because that is actually the best diet to have, is a diet of bliss. Because then you won't need to chase bliss in different ways through different drugs, through different addictions. Because we're bored creatures, We like to create addictions and then live by them. We like to create our own shackles. We like to make ourselves bound in some way because then it feels good to give in to the bondage. We do that because we like to create anticipatory states in ourselves. And when we can control our own reward system, 
you can understand, we're animals, especially the egoistic animal. The egoistic animal must stay completely focused on itself and must think in the most narrow way that it often will think itself into some serious bad shit. There's no moral compass in the ego. That's the main problem with it. The ego doesn't give a fuck. The ego will take whatever it wants. It will, it will steal. It will lie. And then it'll leave you to justify the lying and the stealing. And you didn't do that. That was the ego. But you think it's you. You scold yourself as though it's you. You think you have some kind of control over your ego. You don't. Because as long as you stay off to the side, thinking to yourself instead of letting the ego... I mean, it's basically thinking... Not at all. Thinking about random stuff, letting your mind just wander and wander while the ego is in control... After a while, you start identifying, you start feeling what the ego is feeling. And the ego is, is, a, is, a, is a sad creature. It's a sad version of humanity. It's the most selfish version that you can think of. And it's, it's extremely... It's an extreme turnoff to other people. People are like, oh, I don't like his ego. He's got a huge ego. That means like your your selfishness is showing. Your your vanity is showing. All these things that make you unattractive to other people and make you unable then to interact and to have any kind of true rapport. Now, what is the thing about like? being attractive if you I mean can you be ugly I mean is it okay to be ugly in this world and ugliness is not just like a matter of whether you're like fat or skinny or whether you're whether you have certain facial features your ugliness is a sum total of your duplicity your ugliness is your sum total of lying. So you understand that, like, if you're ugly, if you find yourself ugly, then you have to stop lying. The more you lie, the uglier you become. The bigger your nose grows, the bigger your ears grow. It's true. It's like some Pinocchio shit. It can be reversed. But the more you lie, the more you turn into a lying demon. Which is basically like a fountain of misinformation. So be very careful when you decide to lie casually for no reason. Just to like get out of a situation. There's no reason to do it. Either live with the truth or tell the truth, but 
tried as much as you can. It's important, and, and you wouldn't think it would be. I mean, what does it matter, right, to us materialists? What's truth? What's a lie? But you can see the damage that, like, certain lies can do. People believe in lies. And if you're helping to perpetuate lies, you're hurting people pretty bad. Now, I'm not saying that you're your obligation to know the 100% truth all the time. But you should be very careful stating things that you don't truly believe are true just to get through certain situations. It may seem like nothing, but it's a compromise that starts to show in your faith. Damn. It shows in your face. And makes you ugly. Mostly to yourself. Because you know more than anyone else. You know what's going on in there. So what is the answer? When you find that chattering ego just floating around in your mind, just sitting there, understand, look at it. You're like, you are my autopilot. You present lights on dashboards in the form of primitive, selfish emotion. You are a machine that helps me detect reality under a certain set of principles. How does it impact my physical being and my, my sense of self on the egoistic level, on the most egoistic level? Who knew that the ego would be so protective mentally of its space? When, when, that, when, that one little, when that one little thought, that one little thing that we put in place, we said, we're going to have an autopilot for our ego, for our person, that will approximate sort of who we are, and project that person as an unconscious, boring image. Rather than a lively one that's in the moment, that's actually like engaged in this magical moment that is the world. No, it's just this removed, spaced out, bored can't fucking talk anymore, just wants to, like, do something, doesn't think about connection in the moment, just thinks about some kind of point A to point B type of thinking, is worried about something. I mean, if you're worried about anything, worry about the fact that you're worrying. There is nothing to worry about. Everything will be all right. 
And one surefire way of making sure things don't go all right is to worry about it. In fact, if they could do a scientific study, they'd probably find that the more you worried about something, the more likely you made it to happen. And that's absolutely true. That's the that's like the rever- That's the problem with all these visualization techniques that people try to tout in the literature. All these pseudo occultists being like, "Well, the secret, you know, you just think of what you want," and they're well. There is truth to that because what's in your mind becomes what's in your reality. So what do you want your reality to be? Put that in your mind. So, okay, so that works, right? So it works in the reverse too. When you're worrying about something, that puts that in your brain, and then that becomes the reality. Not only when it comes, but before, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Sometimes it's more of a reality because you're thinking about it more than you ever would have thought about it if you had just let yourself encounter it and deal with it. And you would have been much better equipped to deal with it because you wouldn't have destroyed yourself for weeks and weeks and weeks thinking about it. You will be extremely ready to do it. So, just see what it is. Understand that it's like it's there, okay? The minute you take your attention away from this moment to focus on some other thinking, some reading a book, some watching entertainment, you're just taking away from this moment, right? You're declaring this moment bullshit, and now you can just turn on the TV and kill time while this moment is going on. And I don't just mean regular TV. I mean the TV of your mind. The TV of your mind has is playing your shows on a rotation. And it's impacting how that ego feels, and then it's impacting how that ego acts. And it's always fascinating to me that this ego can get strong enough that it can actually take a gun and put it in your mouth and pull the trigger. This ego is strong, so you have to fight it, and you have to understand what it is. It's a demon, if not controlled if not understood. Of course, it can't be eradicated. You can't become a... T- then you just ascend. And maybe that's the actual heaven, is that you finally do eradicate the, the ego, and, like, and that is heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven. And like, that's why you see all these, um, these religious people trying to trying to hurt themselves, trying to feel like the pain because they're trying to kill the ego through pain. But that's just not the way to do it. It's such a roundabout way to do it. It doesn't have to be done that way. You can kill the ego by understanding what it is, by putting it in its place. Then it just becomes your little child. 
So when your child cries, you don't think, oh, my God, what's going on? Something horrible must be going on. You just think, oh, look, my child is crying over something usually very small. And you can recognize the real cries from the really bad cries. You can understand that. And you can pay for it if you don't pay attention to it. So you have to be super tuned to the reality that you're in. Super tuned. Try to pick up everything about it. Try to fill your senses. Let your senses get filled with the reality that you're in. And at the same time, understand what that, that, that force that's pulling you out of the reality, that's trying to get you to focus on something else rather than the reality that you're in, that, that energy is essentially you going into autopilot. You kind of feeling tired of, you get tired sometimes of, of analyzing reality and being focused on it. And so you kind of fall asleep while you're standing up like, and, and you put your ego in charge. And then after a long period of that, the ego just kind of takes over the body and then kills it. So the, 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 the maturation process, the way they train kids now is to, just train the, the train them to be pure ego. So don't do that to your kids and don't do that to yourself.